0: Welcome to Please Bet On Football Games. Hello and welcome to another week of Please Bet On Football Games. I'm your host, Alex, with the on-air talent, Joe. Joe, how are you today?
1: I'm doing better because, dude, we actually had a fucking winning week. We're three and three on winning and losing weeks.
0: Hell yeah, I'll take it. We're still down a few units, four to be exact, but we're we're getting a feel. We're in striking We're starting rate. to round in, round into form. All right you want to talk about last week yeah
1: let's do the bullshit report because just because we won doesn't mean that things made sense
0: (laughs) yeah this this season has not made sense at all but let's talk about some of the games first up we have jacksonville over indy we had money line that did not hit it looked pretty good for a minute it looks like it didn't work out. a minute try 58
1: of them fuck well, I, was, I
0: don't, I'm never, I'm never confident in the first half just because a, it, any team can blow first half stuff, but yeah, that was, that was a tough one. Do you think it was a legitimate loss or bullshit?
1: Uh, so if, if we had taken the plus two, I would say utter and complete bullshit because the the Colts in all, re, in all likelihood should have kicked a field goal to win by one or maybe win by two, which means that at the worst we push. And if we had gotten the best of the number, we win, but, uh, ifs and buts and, Ants and Balls. Fact of the matter is, Jacksonville still should have won this game, if not for a couple of red zone slash green zone. Green zone is like the 30 in, so it's like field goal range, basically. If not for some green and red zone uh, fourth down failures by the Jaguars, we probably still would have had a winner anytime you take an underdog money line and you should have had a winner you feel like it's a little bullshit but this is just your garden variety normal amount of bullshit it was a coin flip game we bet on it with plus odds we lost happens
0: yep i agree with that entirely Think just didn't turn out for us but we can go on to some winners Next up, we had Atlanta over San Francisco. We had them, I think, plus five and a half. And that one hit.
1: Yeah, I don't care what number we got because we should have taken a money line like I did in real life. And uh, oh, God, that felt fucking good. After years of betting on the Falcons and them disappointing me and years of betting against the 49ers and them fucking befuddling me, everything lined up properly.
0: Yeah, this was, you know, it was our best bet and it felt great. It was it was a clear winner. I don't think there's any really point where I was doubtful about them. No, that was easy. Uh, that was a nice one to have pay off especially because it was our guys with Mariota and the falcons
1: yeah no it was it was perfect it was beautiful there's nothing else to say
0: all right next up we had new england over cleveland we had them plus three i said i think they might win outright uh they did more than that they obliterated the browns legit totally legit i Like not legit
1: in the sense that an average coaching staff on any one of the three phases, an average offensive coordinator, an average head coach, or an average defensive coordinator wins this game for the Browns in all likelihood. But the number one handicap we have on the Browns, they all suck. All the coordinators, like Joe Woods. I'm just glad that the world is waking up to the reality we have known for two years with Joe Woods, which is that he is terrible. He's he's the best offensive coordinator in the league. (laughs) We joke, but Matt Patricia actually proves that being a terrible defensive coordinator might mean that you can be an okay offensive coordinator. What this is, this actually caps it up pretty well. Uh, Joe Woods is so bad that it's legitimately making me question whether or not Matt Patricia is a good offensive mind. (laughs) I'm not joking at all. Like I've legitimately thought like, was I wrong about about Matt Patricia? And I'm like, no, I was just right about Joe Woods.
0: In the Patriots offense, they did exactly what we said they would do, and they just bullied the shit out of them. Yeah, Ramondre went crazy. The offensive line beat up on those bad defensive tackles and bad linebackers. The safeties continue to be a detriment. They just have nothing up the middle, it showed. This one was very legit. This is another one that felt good, even though it was betting on New England.
1: Yeah, no, it was absolutely slam dunk.
0: All right, and for our third win of the week, We had Seattle over Arizona. We had them plus three. They won outright. Legit or bullshit? This was so
1: legit that the Seahawks struggled against a bad Arizona defense. They couldn't get the ball in the end zone for myriad reasons. And typically that's enough to sink you. But even with almost exclusively field goals, they romped. It was never in reach for Arizona. Kyler Murray
0: terrible. Yeah, their offense just cannot move the ball whatsoever. Kyler has been awful. I mean, next level. Yeah, like because even the public that has watched Kyler not be very good for a couple of years before this and has thought he was good is turning and going, holy shit, Kyler's awful. Dude, How did they just sign him to this contract?
1: Even me, dude. Like I've been low on Kyler since he was at Oklahoma, and when I great when I did the uh, the drop back on the Patreon, free Patreon, free Patreon, in app purchases for picks. Picks not included.
0: Picks not included.
1: When I did Free Patreon, when I did the breakdown of all of Kyler Murray's dropbacks from 2021, I came away thinking he's not good. He's below average, but like he's explosive and fun, and it kind of scares you if you bet against him. Whereas now, I I don't know how you can like it, it's to the point where I'm grasping at straws if I'm the Arizona GM thinking of how to replace him because he can't. It he doesn't work.
0: I think if you're the Arizona GM you just start looking at selling your house well i wouldn't because arizona's
1: got great property value yeah no taxes we'll we'll
0: we'll we'll see how that keeps playing out phoenix one of the fastest growing markets in in the country for the last Um, 40 years yeah (laughs) it's always about to break true um but even though steve kime cliff and kyler all just got big extensions
1: their careers are all over Yeah,
0: they're all going to get fired next year.
1: Cliff will get a job in college and he'll run away with it and do great. And everybody will be like, Cliff figured it out. And it's like, no, Cliff wasn't strapped to the fucking anchor that is kyler murray but enough bitching about kyler murray we can do that when we break down thursday night football we got one more game and then i want to talk about a bonus pick that we didn't actually make
0: yep so our last loser of the week our second loser of the week we had new orleans over cincinnati plus two this was a tough one was it a legit loss or was it bullshit
1: this was such fucking absolute typical joe burrow fucking bullshit and and I know it what,
0: was it was the nightmare Joe Burrow game for us.
1: It was it was quite exactly what kept happening last year, and people were like, "It's just Joe Burrow magic. It's just what he does." And it's like, no, it's not, and this year has proven it, except of course against the Saints, which was so unfortunate. The Saints dominated the whole fucking game. All they had to do is just wrap up Joe Burrow, but instead. Three defensive linemen literally missed a tackle on one play. Joe Burrow stood there stunned like, oh, my God, these guys are trying to tackle me. And then when they all hit the ground instead of him, he was like, oh, dude, sick. I can run. And he just took off and there was nobody left because they were laying on the ground around his feet. And uh, that kept a drive alive. That drive then turned into a, let's call it nine yard curl to Jamar Chase, a missed tackle and Jamar Chase doing that Jamar Chase thing where he's an above average receiver that just occasionally breaks long touchdowns. It's a fucking play I've seen before and I didn't like it the first time. I shouldn't have said play. I meant like a, a, when I said play, I meant like a production, like on Broadway. But point being, fuck Joe Burrow and fuck the Bengals. This was fucking bullshit. And it was the second biggest bullshit of the week.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have to know that sometimes the Bengals do this and sometimes their garbage offensive system works. It's just tough that it all kind of happened after not happening at all this season at the end of the game. And it was just, you're right in that it's exactly like they did last year. It felt super similar. Jamar doing crazy stuff. I think he ended up with two touchdowns in like over 150 yards.
1: 60 of which came on one missed tackle on a
0: curl. Exactly. So these games happen sometimes. And even with them going crazy, we still barely missed it. Mm Mm-hmm um it's a tough one Mm -hmm. i i don't immediately jump into this as clear bullshit because that's a little bit of what the bengals do
1: but we can't say that the bengals always get away with bullshit and therefore it's not bullshit when they bullshit it's bullshit
0: yeah i mean i I won't fight you on that i can (laughs) i'll say bullshit we can we can agree on that to end it
1: the bullshit report would not be complete in my opinion without one addition this week which is uh we were we were on the fence if you'll recall there were three picks we were trying to pick two out of the last what would have been the bonus pick any other week was Miami at Minnesota and we said fuck it just take Miami cuz especially if we get Teddy Bridgewater and we did um and and goddamn was that game some bullshit i think so i uh i looked at what kevin cole from PFF, his, he does the mathing. He analytics is it. And when his analytics speak to him through the great analytics conch, they say the Dolphins should have won by like eight and instead they lost by fucking six. And that's almost exclusively due to two just absolutely befuddling interceptions that were absolutely not Teddy Bridgewater's fault. And it's so goddamn frustrating. And I hate the Dolphins so goddamn much this year because they just, everything goes slightly wrong for them ever since week two. They, they used up all their good luck on buffalo and baltimore
0: yep just just enough to get everyone bought into them being legitimate yeah and now they're they're a mids team i will say um i have a, a different group chat with some friends where we pick a favorite and underdog over under every week obviously we did not pick any favorites We did not like many favorites, so I was forced into picking one, and I ended up taking the Vikings. So I actually hit on that one, and I think it was a perfect, legitimate win. Number one bullshit. Oh, Number one bullshit. Fuck you. (laughs) Uh, All right, on that note, want to talk about this week? Let's do it. All right, well, let's jump on into Thursday night. We have the New Orleans Saints going to play the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are minus one.
1: I wish that I could quit Thursday night football, but I just seem to want to bet on it every fucking week.
0: Yeah, I know. Like we talk about how they're they're funky games. You know, people are coming off short rests. They're always a little weird. But here we are, dude.
1: How do you not bet on the Saints after what we've seen from Arizona?
0: Uh, If they announce Jameis as a starter. okay, fair point.
1: I don't think he's going to start. Honestly. I don't think
0: so. I think it's tough to move away when Dalton's played That's pretty saying. well.
1: They were saying last week, like, if Andy Dalton keeps playing well, we might just stick with him even when Jameis is healthy. And he kept playing well. Yeah. I, he just, he fits that offense so much better. And we've been over it in weeks past. But yeah, no, Andy Dalton is going to start. I feel it in my bones. The, okay, so let's go through the reasons this might be a bad bet. And we'll see if they dissuade us. Number one, the... Effectively, the Cardinals are trading Hollywood Brown for New Hopkins because Robbie Anderson is not going to help them this week, period, if he even plays. Right. So does New Hopkins returning, it like, is, okay, is New Hopkins in exchange for Hollywood Brown even an upgrade? Like, is that helpful?
0: I think in Kyler's mind, yes. He's had a good connection with Hollywood. I mean, they were friends in college. They've played well together this year, but I think he just has such a feeling of security with d hop because it is just fuck it, throw it up there See, my my issue
1: is that obviously hopkins is a much better player than hollywood but aj green already gives you the low end version of what New hopkins does so their wide receivers are now going to be aj green and New hopkins on the outside that's no speed you can collapse on that d right? I mean, you can collapse your d on that offense and uh, they so, still got
0: rondale Moore underneath he got he, the he got the burners
1: yeah but they don't run him deep
0: ever. no they don't they, they use don't, him don't like, give him the ball like past five yards of the line of scrimmage
1: they rarely give him the ball a yard by the way uh in today's edition of pff what the fuck pff kyler murray qb19 what the fuck pff have you watched have you watched the nfl come on um is it justin Pugh? justin look at me I'm pretty sure it's Justin. I think so. He's out, so it doesn't matter. Uh, the oh. Cardinals have, he's hes done for the year. The Cardinals have no offensive line.
0: Yeah, They're, that's not good.
1: Their best offensive lineman left is arguably Will Hernandez.
0: Yeah, that's not, that's not what you want. Unless you're trying to figure out who you want to fight people.
1: He's a tough son of a bitch, but he cannot pass block. No. Um, I'm not sure about Marcus Lattimore. God damn it, not Marcus, Marshawn. I know Marcus Lattimore ain't playing. Yikes. But he's the guy with the knee from South Carolina.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was good. He was a very exciting running back, and then every ligament in his knee exploded.
1: And all of the nerves. Um. So apparently Marshawn Lattimore is not playing this week, but quite frankly... He was not like his absence was not the issue last week against the Bengals. And I don't think that cornerbacks actually matter against the Cardinals. I think they just have to tackle because it's all yards after the catch.
0: That's a good point. That's where you hope help, that helps to have a uh, Tyran back there.
1: Yeah. And, and Marcus May is a good safety in his own right. So like they're fine out there. They've got good, good linebackers. I love Pete Werner. He wears number 20. So he looks really fast, even though he's a white guy. I always think he's was my
0: number. I always wanted to look fast.
1: That was uh, that was Craig Steltz's number with the Bears. Another white guy. I always thought he should start over Chris Conti. Turns out I was right. Chris Conti is the worst safety in the history of football.
0: He was he was very bad. You you enlightened me to that. And then who did he get stiff armed into oblivion by?
1: It does everybody. <laughs> I hated Chris Conti so. Hating Chris Conti is actually the first crack in my Bears fandom. I was like 13 years old, and I was like, I kind of fucking hate half these players. And then when Cutler oh, went he came down. came tumbling just, down. When 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 the Cutler got benched, I was like, "All right, yeah, no, I don't care about this at all." Anyway, back and to this. The when they
0: drafted Mitch Trubisky, any <laughs> any hope you had of reviving that fandom was just snuffed out.
1: When the Bears drafted Mitch Trubisky, it was like if you had just gotten back together with your girlfriend who hadn't treated you right, and you walked like the first day you would move back in together, you walked in on her fucking your dad. <laughs> It was the most painful thing that's ever happened.
0: I saw it in real time, too, because the Browns didn't screw up and they took Miles Garrett. (laughs) And you were laughing at me because you're like, they're going to take Mitch. They're going to take him uh and then and then that trade <laughs> oh my god i i can legitimately see that moment right now in my head like i can close my eyes and relive being in that room in front of that tv i can uh,
1: feel the ice cold that like ran through my chest when i heard us make the trade i, I literally had a thought i was like no no shit like this can only happen to other teams the bears are never this explosively bad it's just on the margins we suck no no, we were that explosively bad. And then as soon as we got rid of him, we fucking did it again, too.
0: <laughs> he did the same thing.
1: We got it in the other color.
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, Cardinals and Saints.
1: Cardinals and Saints. So um, the Saints Saints
0: just have to tackle.
1: Saints just have to tackle. And the Saints weakness on defense, really. I know their secondary, their cornerback specifically, haven't performed well according to PFF. I think that the issue is much more that their defensive line is is accomplishing fucking nothing. And it just makes it really difficult to hold up in coverage. If you watch, like Marshawn Lattimore is quote-unquote having a down year. But almost all of the routes he's getting beat on are intermediate, long-developing routes and double moves. Everybody gets beat on those the whole point is that you're supposed to have edge rushers that don't allow those routes to happen and and like yeah we know Marcus Davenport is massively overrated and I've long held that Cameron Jordan is mids, but it's been worse than ever before. and David Anyamata went from being a great defensive tackle back to the nothing that he was before two years ago. It's been bad, but I've got good news. Because this defensive line can't get a push, they're going to mush rush by default. Mush rushing against Kyler Murray is especially effective because one, it means he can't run as easily. And two, you can put your hands up and bat down every ball. Because while I like to say that batted balls have very little to do with height, that assumes that your quarterback's over 5'8", and Kyler Murray is not over 5'8". As a 5'7 man, it takes one to know one, he's one. But I wish I had a sound clip that was, one of us, one of us. Because he's one of us. He's 5'7".
0: My friend from Phoenix sent me a video today. And it was like a little RC car driving on the highway. And it said, Kyler Murray going to pick up Robbie Anderson from the airport.
1: Oh, God. Can you imagine how insufferable those two would be in the same room? Yeah.
0: We're about to find out.
1: wonder if Robbie Anderson's mom loves him. How could you?
0: You should You should find her on Twitter and ask.
1: I have a good history with uh, Cardinals receivers and their moms. Anyway, do. that sounds so much more interesting than it is. I had a back and forth with Christian Kirk's mom saying, get Christian Kirk the fuck out of Arizona in this terrible quarterback. And she, she agreed. And you were and we, right. We were right. But anyway, we, we got to fucking, let's finish talking about this goddamn football game. We're picking the Saints. Because I don't think Newt Hopkins is that much of an upgrade over Hollywood Brown when you consider the schematic shift that will necessarily take place when you replace blinding speed with plodding walking. New Hopkins walks his routes. Additionally, I expect New Hopkins to be at least a little bit rusty because he missed the first six games of this season and he was hurt at the end of last season and he's not going to be able to be on his PEDs. Like, exactly. he, got, he got suspended for a reason. It's not like, It's not like he ate some Mexican beef. Canelo Alvarez, like whatever he was doing was helping him in some form or fashion. And to the extent it wasn't, he thought it was, which helps. Placebo. Anyway, I also think that the Saints' two biggest weaknesses on defense, their arguably shaky cornerbacks and their ineffective pass rush, will be obvi- ob- eh, obviated by the way that the Cardinals play offense. We've established that Kyler Murray sucks. The Cardinals can't run the ball. And we like Andy Dalton a lot more than the market does.
0: Yeah um is michael thomas gonna play this week
1: no and i don't care at all
0: okay i now honestly Jarvis isn't also don't care
1: i honestly think that marquez calloway is the exact same thing as michael thomas large not athletic can catch strong What does matter is that we definitely have Chris Olave playing, and he is their best receiver. He is just such a consummate wide receiver, too. He's so versatile, and like his skill set is so well-distributed.
0: And you got Kamara.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, another edition of PFF, What the Fuck Are You Doing, PFF? Alvin Kamara, 58th-rated halfback in the NFL. I'm going to take a guess and say no.
0: Yeah, I, I I disagree.
1: I mean, I watched last week's game. It can't be true based on that game alone. Anyway, we got a cha-ching. You think we got a cha-ching?
0: Yeah. I'm I'm on you with the Saints unless they come out and say Jameis is starting. But I don't think that's going to happen.
1: Even if it does, we still got the better quarterback. Yeah,
0: and we're getting points.
1: Are we getting points? I'm taking a money line. I already took a money line. Okay.
0: I know at the beginning of the week, I think it was three, two. Saints.
1: We take the Saints. We spend way too much time on the Saints. We got to get to the next game. Or I'm never so
0: very long. All right. Next up, we move on to Sunday. And first up, we have the Cleveland Browns going to play the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are minus seven. That looks like it's about to move to six and a half. though.
1: All right. You're the Browns whisperer. I don't actually have a strong take on this game. I can't bet on either of these teams. And this feels like a lot of points, but it's also Mm -hmm. Cleveland.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with that take as the Browns whisper. Um, the Ravens should win this game. I know they haven't been able to run as well as they have in previous years, and the Browns have typically played Lamar pretty well because they kind of do the mush mush rush, and they have athletic guys to run around with him and uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa and Jacob Phillips. However, all those guys have been playing like absolute dog shit the entire defense seems like they've given up i don't know how they continue to employ joe woods just for the mental aspect because the team is not trying they they have been completely taking plays off for a week and a half it's it's going to be bad the ravens should be able to score a lot however the browns should be able to score too the ravens are going to win this game if i was forced to take a side i'd probably take the ravens especially once it goes to six and a half but because i don't have to take this game i think you just stay away from it both teams are kind of they're they're struggling um the ravens have had some pretty bad collapses this season the Browns defense can't stop anything. I think you just kind of stay away from both these teams.
1: I have one thing to add and one thing only. Another edition of PFF. What the fuck are you doing? Jacoby Brissett, QB 10. Sir, that's, I disagree. That's no, it's fucking objectively ridiculous. Like honestly, Especially is,
0: after last week.
1: That is a disqualifying opinion. If you believe that Jacoby Brissett's the 10th best quarterback in the league through six weeks, you simply don't fucking matter. I'm sorry. But again, we will continue using PFF because the aesthetic layout is very convenient for us to visualize all of the players that are healthy for this week. Yes. All right. I, I don't want to say a goddamn other thing about this game. There's, I, I'm not touching it. It's a division game with a six point spread. By default, my basic strategy is I would have to look Browns, but I'm not betting on Kevin Stefanski and Joe Woods, especially when I think they're going to lose their jobs. Yep. Let's, let's, uh, let's move on.
0: Next up, we have the Indianapolis Colts going to play the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are minus two and a half.
1: This is another one of those games where I don't want to bet it because both of these teams confound me for somewhat different reasons. I, I can't trust the Titans. I simply cannot do it. They do dumb shit, like run the ball all the goddamn time. They don't actually have any good weapons on the outside. I Austin Hooper is the definition of mediocre at tight end, and their wide receivers are a bunch of guys who probably shouldn't be starting. Ryan Tannehill has been risk. Surgeon, he's been like really good this year, but the offensive line is patchwork. And then I don't trust Mike Vrabel, so I don't I don't want to lay more than two points with Vrabel. Honestly, I don't want to lay any points with Vrabel ever again.
0: Yeah, the laying points with Vrabel is I, I think it's just a thing you shouldn't do unless you you know you have some other thing that is pushing you through, like some crazy matchup advantage or something like that, because they hate winning by more than a point.
1: But on the other side. I simply cannot bet on the Colts because their offensive line has been pretty shitty and they're facing Jeffrey Simmons. And I know that that's one guy, but one guy's all it takes to get a sack. Additionally, this is going to sound really weird, but the only way that they've moved the ball in the last two weeks is on explosive plays with Matt Ryan at quarterback in the year 2022 when he has no arm. So I just don't know how sustainable that is, especially because for all of their faults, like Terrence Mitchell isn't the type to bust a coverage or get mossed deep. He is the definition of like a replacement level corner. He's not going to fuck up that egregiously, right? Like that's kind of his thing. And then Christian Fulton is still good and, probably healthier after a bye week safe bet so I just don't see how this works out for either team and while it's a very actionable line and it pains me to say this I don't want to touch it
0: yeah I mean Jonathan Taylor I don't know if he's going to play this week and feel like he's been close to playing for a couple weeks but I still don't think that's enough to take the Colts because they've been really bad most of this season
1: and somehow they're three two and one like they
0: yeah which mm. i don't understand either it's a little bit of a product of who they've played unfortunately like they we, have they can you point to one game where they've actually looked good
1: the jaguars game was their best game but we're not yeah, sure the jaguars are
0: good exactly and it was it was a lot of like at the end of the game like they didn't even necessarily look good for no, most were, of the game they
1: were getting beaten all game i thought it was wrapped up
0: exactly so like they still haven't played a game where they've even looked good.
1: Like they beat. So the Chiefs, I don't want to bet and on them. They should not have beat the Chiefs. They should have got blown out by the Chiefs, and they somehow won because the Chiefs got a unsportsmanlike penalty for 15 yards to grant the Colts a first down for talking.
0: Yeah, that that game was more of the Chiefs beat themselves than the Colts won that game.
1: Common theme this year.
0: Yeah, but it, so that takes me to I don't want to bet on either of these teams. I don't want to lay that many points with variable, and I still don't believe in colts as a functional team so i'm in the same boat with you i think we just leave it move on
1: okay, i agree
0: all right next up we have the tampa bay buccaneers going to play the carolina panthers the panthers are plus 11.
1: yeah so i took note i i take notes on every game and uh, my notes on the Buccaneers from last week are, this team is a joke. And my notes on the Carolina Panthers from last week are, this team is a joke. So we don't bet this game.
0: Nope. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you have an 11-point line, so it, it's pretty prohibitive at the start. But the Bucks are not a serious football team. That's been my note on them to this point. They just don't seem like they want to win all the time. And they're actually playing serious football and then the Panthers are just an absolute fucking dumpster fire
1: well so the thing about this game is that it's probably the two worst coaching staffs in the NFL I think that that's a pretty safe bet actually
0: even worse than Brandon Staley and Kevin Stefanski yes
1: Todd Bowles legitimately believes that the problem with his team is that players are living off of the Super Bowl from two years ago. And he doesn't realize that it might just be because he keeps on playing Devin White, who sucks, and they keep on running the ball every single first down with no success whatsoever. And it just, it looks undisciplined and like, they don't, they're not well coached. They're really poorly coached. That's all it is. It it, turns out Todd Bowles fired by the motherfucking Jets with like a 40% win percentage. Not good. Not not good. He sucks. Just is what it is.
0: Retread defensive coaches? Not good? Same mean so.
1: I won't even get into the fucking other aspects of that hire. I will simply leave it at this. Bruce Arians was a really good coach. And at the end there with Tom Brady, maybe he let some people uh take the wheel that he shouldn't have, both when he was head coach and in his succession plan. Maybe his motivations were noble but unjust, or just but stupid.
0: Well, we'll leave that cryptic message in that game and move on. Next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons going to play the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are minus six.
1: I'm so goddamn mad. I was trying to break out the sound effect while you were talking so I could just put it over you. But I'm just going to keep on fucking spamming it because this is our best bet of the week. And I can't wait until it loses, but I'm taking this bitch money line. If you have balls, you will too. Holy shit, do I love this? It's like nobody's been watching this season. Like I'm I just the Falcons are six and zero against the spread, and I keep on waiting for everybody to be like, you know, the Falcons just keep covering games. Maybe there's something to them. And the line just never fucking moves.
0: Like nobody Yeah, I don't know how you can watch the Bengals barely beat New Orleans and the Falcons wipe the 49ers. And this spread is six.
1: Yeah, this is fucking the dumbest. I'll tell you exactly what this line is. Uh, This line is just how powerful hype is. Because Joe Burrow was okay in college. In fact, no. Joe Burrow was okay at LSU in his senior year. He was low-key bad every year before that.
0: Joe, uh, on Twitter, people tell me that it is the greatest college football season ever. So
1: It was the second most productive behind colt brennan noted hall of famer all pro quarterback multiple super bowl winning colt brennan right oh wait no that's not how that works anyway joe burrow was an okay prospect but he did cool shit like spell his name improperly on his jersey at homecoming whoa whoa what a wacky guy
0: (laughs) your disdain for him like Honestly, that's fun. I mean, like... No, no, here's the thing. It's a little arrogant,
1: but it was fun. It was fun when it happened. The problem is just every week, he's like, yo, check out my pink sunglasses. (laughs) Wow, I'm wearing a yellow suit today. Aren't I cool? And then he plays it off like he didn't fucking intend to draw attention to it. He's like, oh, I just thought that these were cool sunglasses. Like, no, the fuck you didn't, bitch. You wanted camera time. You don't get enough attention at home because your daddy's a football coach with no time. Time for you. I get it. Shut the fuck up. You're peacocking and then being like, oh, you guys are paying attention to me. Oh, I didn't expect this. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, no, I used to feel bad because I got annoyed by Joe Burrow's play, but he seemed like a cool guy off the field. Now, I hate him more as a man than I do his game. If I met Joe Burrow tomorrow, <laughs> I'd rip those fake teeth right out of his fucking face.
0: Uh, fucking Thank you me. for not holding back at all. I'm happy that we finally got that like in a recorded clip instead of like the mini rants you have to me over text. This was wonderful.
1: Yeah, I'm probably gonna delete all of this so that I can one day have a job in the NFL.
0: No, you don't <laughs> edit stuff out when I tell you to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, um. Okay. My my only worry. Is our hate for Joe Burrow coming into our evaluation?
1: No, no, I very honestly no. Um, you can't argue with the charting. And those who might say, like, but Joe, you're so biased. Like, I've you can go on the free Patreon, which is free, except for the picks which sold separately. Or, free pick. Or free Patreon. You can go on the, separately. You can go on the YouTube, the please bet on football games YouTube. You go watch me break down games. Like I take bias out of it so incredibly actively that I probably am significantly biased in favor of the quarterbacks i dislike and i'm probably biased against the quarterbacks that i do like on the year joe burrow honestly how about this This year and last year combined, guess how many games Joe Burrow has achieved a B-plus grade or better in?
0: How many games is that? 20? 20, 23? With the playoffs? He's about 25. How many? 25? 4. Zero. Oh shit, really?
1: Never had a B-plus game. His best grade this year is against New Orleans when he got a C. Now granted, I did not grade the New York Jets game. I didn't. That's fair. I he might he very well might have done a little bit better, but keep in mind, beating up and putting up beating up on and putting great stats up on bad teams does not make your performance great. In fact, it actually lends itself to average performances. So the best we've seen out of Joe Burrow this year is completely average, slightly sub dac football. Against New Orleans, he had three positive throws, and he was only accurate on 71% of his passes. There is no redemption.
0: Okay. Now, do you think Atlanta's defense, I know we're betting on this already, but I feel like we got to do our due diligence. No, do it, do it. Atlanta's defense, do they tackle well?
1: um not in the run game
0: well i don't really care about that
1: exactly
0: in i'm more worried about they can fire. they tackle jamar chase when he gets a six yard curl or will they let him run for 70 yards for a touchdown a couple times
1: i'm glad that you asked because i think we might have the single most qualified cornerback in the entire nfl to cover these two wide receivers in t higgins and jamar chase not only excuse me while i pick my nose uh
0: you didn't have to tell him that i did full full disclosure.
1: I I I had something in there. It was bad. I might cut this. I won't. I don't care enough. Not only did AJ Terrell line up against T Higgins every single day in practice at Clemson and do pretty damn well against him, he also played extremely well against Jamar Chase and Jamar Chase's lone year at LSU. Now, Jamar Chase did get one long touchdown on him where AJ Terrell and the rest of the Clemson defense didn't know that the play had started. It was kind of bullshit in typical Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow fashion. But other than that, he absolutely shut him down. And if you're going to tell me that Jamar Chase scores one bullshit touchdown and only one bullshit touchdown, I actually legitimately like the Falcons in that game because nobody can stop Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota has played six games so far this year. Guess how many B plus or better games he has had? Five. Yes. Hell yeah. I know what you're thinking, Alex. You're thinking, but I'm looking at your chart, Joe, and I only see four. Well, week one against the Saints. I don't know why that says Cleveland. That's wrong. Week one against the Saints, he absolutely got at least a B plus. I just haven't graded it yet. So I am confident in saying he has five great plus starts the b plus threshold is anything so i did a little research and when i give a quarterback a b plus or better grade since i've started doing this their straight up win percentage is 61% and their against the spread win percentage is 59% that's pretty damn good and that even includes you know the fact that inevitably many games will include two quarterbacks who are both getting above a b plus so one of them has to lose So say what you will about my grading system, it sure as fuck is indicative of winning and losing games and covering spreads. Again, Marcus Mariota has played six games this year, and he has five great plus games. Joe Burrow has played 25 games in the last year and a half, and he has zero. Additionally, I like Zach Taylor as a head coach a lot more than most do. I I agree with his offensive philosophy a lot. Uh, He does need to break tendency a little bit more. They run the ball on second down almost exclusively. Anytime they line up under center, they're usually running the ball, but I I love that he's aggressive and throws downfield a lot he's kind of like a poor man's bruce arians it just sucks that he has a quarterback who cannot throw down the field um that being said arthur smith is really good i love what he's done in atlanta i was low on him last year because they kept running the ball but it turns out maybe matt ryan was just watched, washed what they're doing this year is so good
0: I've liked it. It's been it's been simple, but it's been versatile. They give a lot of options for players to get different guys involved.
1: They throw him down the field a lot. He doesn't become beholden to big names like Yo. Know, Kyle Pitts is not that good. He's a good tight end. He's not special at all. And Arthur Smith's not going to get caught up in the fact that his name is Kyle Pitts and force the ball to him. He's going to th- like draw up plays that work. And if the ball goes to Kyle Pitts and he makes a play, cool. And if not, cool. It's about getting yards.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, I don't is there anything else you want to say about them? I feel like we've we've talked about both of these teams a lot to this point. I think this, we covered the matchup because that's that's really the only question it's, with Cincy yeah. is will they be able to get the bullshit stuff with Jamar? Because you know that their run game's not gonna do much, their O-line is gonna be weak, and their defense is gonna be okay.
1: See, we may like you can never. You can never actually know if you're gonna get the bullshit from Jamar Chase or T. Higgins. Like, how the fuck can you ever know? Like, oh yeah, I got a hunch Xavier Howard's gonna tear his groin mid snap and give up a long touchdown instead of picking a ball off that was hanging in the air for him. You can't fucking know that shit. How are you going to know like oh yeah, a quarterback is totally going to miss a tackle on an eight yard curl and it's going to turn into a 60 yard touchdown for sure. Like, fuck you. You don't know. So You can't. You can't factor that in. But you know what you can do? You can take a fucking six point cushion. And I think that Atlanta is a better team. I expect Atlanta to win. I will be betting Atlanta money line for a unit. I think that we should make Atlanta money line our bonus bet this week pending something else that just really slaps us in the face. Yes, yeah. I I mean, I
0: think... I, I think if this was a three point spread, I'd be a little more nervous, but it's yeah. six.
1: Fucking I'm all six. in.
0: I agree. Best bet without even looking at the rest of the games. Um, I don't I'm not going to go ahead and pull the trigger on it as the bonus bet as well, but I'd be cool if maybe piling it.
1: OK, I will accept a maybe pile.
0: All right. Well, let's move on. And if they find it next up, we have the Detroit Lions going to play the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are minus seven.
1: Dak is back. Woo. Honestly, I was so ready to be on the team. Like Cooper Rush is not a downgrade from Dak, but he just sucks so bad. <laughs> yeah. Dak is not good, but that guy is so bad.
0: Yeah, Cooper Rush just doesn't have the tools.
1: No. No. He's not even close to having the tools either. Like, like Bailey Zappi doesn't have the tools. If Bailey Zappi had an average NFL arm, Bailey Zappi would be a really good quarterback. Cooper Rush, he doesn't even have the fucking velocity on the ball that Bailey Zappi does. I don't, it's hopeless. At least his girlfriend's hot. Hey, cheers to guys who aren't that good, but their girlfriend's real hot though. All right.
0: I mean, honestly, like they could have done much worse in life.
1: Yeah, it would really suck to be a millionaire with a dime of a girlfriend quarterback the fucking cowboys for a few games then ride off into the sunset as chase daniel
0: i imagine he will be the backup of the cowboys for quite some time
1: yeah he'll be the offensive coordinator one day too then he will get promoted to head coach people will love him for a year or two then they'll hate him for a year or two he'll get fired and then he'll people will be like wait are you jason garrett because this is literally what Jason Garrett did. He had the like yep. two games with the Cowboys where he played like surprisingly well. He mortgaged that into an entire career path. Now he sucks on NBC football.
0: It, it, he does continue to get jobs though. So
1: all right. We're we're doing the tangent thing again. And I don't, I no, we're not doing it. Yeah, this um,
0: episode's gonna be four hours long.
1: Totally. Uh, We've got another episode of Micah Parsons is elite versus this offensive line is actually good. I don't, I actually think that Micah Parsons matches up well with Pene Sewell because Sewell is really good, but he's kind of lumbering and Parsons is really good, but quick. I think that he'll be able to run around Sewell and I think that that's just like, sorry, you can't beat that. Um, Super low. I'm super low on the Lions right now compared to what I think I should be. Like I, My brain says the Lions are the play here, but I simply cannot get behind it because I just saw Jared Goff shit his pants against the Patriots and then pick the shit up and smear it on his face and then shit his pants again. It was despicable.
0: And he's a guy that classically crumbles when he faces a lot of pressure. Yep. And yes, the Lions have good tackles and Taylor Decker and Penny Sewell, but they're going to get through. Uh, at least a little bit and once you speed golf up like that i think he just completely falls apart even coming off of the bye they should have deandre swift back teams in the uh, you know a little bit of a regroup it's a tough it's a tough matchup when you have a, a deer in the headlights quarterback you know michael parsons coming after you
1: yeah and it's kind of a soft landing for dak to come back against this detroit defense that cannot stop anybody
0: right it's I, a terrible defense i'm not talking dan Campbell might not might not be a good coach we he kind of got us to buy in a little bit last year with hard knocks and now yeah maybe he just can't do it so
1: well dan campbell did the classic football guy thing that vrabel and matt patricia did before him which is like He comes in, you think he's going to suck because he says all the wrong things. And then he like pleasantly surprises you for a while. And you're like, wait a second, is he kind of good? And the second that you buy in, he's like, no, dude, I'm still what I was. I suck.
0: Yeah, that's that's a toughie. I feel bad for them. I I, thought he may be it. You
1: know what the worst part is? Their offensive coordinator
0: gets hired away.
1: (laughs) yes. Yes, they have a great head coach on their staff, but it's not going to matter. He is their offensive coordinator, and they will not promote him.
0: You don't think there's any chance uh, Campbell gets fired in the offseason? And they, they promote, promote, promote the offensive
1: coordinator over him? No, I don't think so. Yeah.
0: it'd be It'd be a tough political thing. All right. I think, though, we're just staying away from this game. We can stop talking about it and move on. Next up, we have the Green Bay Packers going to play the Washington Commanders. The Commanders are plus five and a half.
1: You know what the play is. You know what we should do.
0: Bet on Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we totally should. I don't want to, though. I
1: don't want to. I really don't want to. I, I like Taylor Heineke. I was a big fan of his at Old Dominion, and I thought he deserved a shot in the NFL, and then he finally got one, and it looked like he was going to be serviceable-ish? Better than a backup. How about we put it that way?
0: I think that's a good good read.
1: But the problem is he's better than a backup. That doesn't mean he should start. The Packers are so frustrating because they have no excuse. The Packers have really, they've grown to embody their quarterback. Aaron Rodgers has no excuse to not be the best quarterback in the NFL's history. He's got incredible arm talent. He's incredibly savvy. He's incredibly smart. And his reaction time is great. He reads through progressions well. Occasionally, he does it very well. Aaron Rodgers' problem is consistency and temperament. We've talked about it before where he just gets fixed like he gets in moods where he either decides like I'm going to refuse to throw downfield and only throw the curl or the slant or the swing and that's it. And fuck all the rest of the throws. Or he gets in fuck you, I don't care mode, where he just looks at his favorite receiver and never looks away and forces the ball to him indiscriminately, no matter where he is on the field. And it turns into incompletions and interceptions. Aaron Rodgers this year has been egregiously bad on the deep ball. Don't look now, but that's something I told you might happen in my breakdown of Aaron Rodgers 2021 season on the Patreon for free.
0: Free Patreon. pick sold separately. Pixel separately. <laughs>
1: So it seems that finally the world is going to have to admit what I've been trying to tell him for two years, which is that Aaron Rodgers is actually not a good quarterback. And without great playmakers, the scheme can't carry him as it used to. That being said, I think he's probably still better than Taylor Heineke. It's close, but it's probably still better. It's at the very least more explosive. Yes. And then on the other end, man cream Bay's defense is so frustrating because we were so enamored with that cloud zone coverage that they run, that fog defense that we talk about. But it turns out that that they don't have a second pitch, like they don't have a second thing that they do. They're just like, yeah, hey, we're gonna like hang out in base, and then if a guy comes into your general area, you just cover him. Well, it turns out that's kind of easy to beat when you know it's coming. Like that's an anti-defense. That is the absence of a defensive scheme. Last week they started running some man, and, and oh, oh, by the way, this is also fucking ironic because they probably have the best cornerback duo in the entire nfl in eric stokes and jair alexander and they're specifically excellent in man defense so naturally all they do is run weird zones that are super passive
0: as one does
1: yeah when you've got lightning fast extremely quick defensive backs who can run with anybody what you want to do is highlight all of their traits that don't involve movement. So that's frustrating. And then their pass rush is not particularly good. Rashawn Gary's good. Preston Smith isn't. Man, I don't... It's like we said, Washington is the only smart move. It is... I'll tell you what, a lot of podcasts that involve smart people are going to tell you to bet on the red, uh, the commanders, Redskins. I wanted to say Redskins, I'm going to say Redskins. That's That's what the good podcasts are going to tell you to do. I don't know if I have the balls to be one of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the Packers feels like every week we're like, okay, this is where they're going to figure it out. You know, they got a weak opponent. They're going to be able to kind of shake off the rust and come out and show us who they are. Hasn't happened yet. They still look terrible. Rogers has been really bad, and it looks like his moodiness is just depleting the team even more. I don't think you can bet on the Packers at all right now. Like it's just not a thing you can do.
1: No, it's not an option.
0: The Commanders, I think they do get a little bit of a a bump with Heineke, not necessarily over Wentz play style, but I think they just they like Heineke. They've all uh, anyone that's been there and they've played with him. They've played with him in exciting games.
1: He actually knows the offense better.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's more experienced in the offense. So I don't think he's going to be good, but I think he has an avenue to be exciting. And when you're dealing with this big of a number, you don't necessarily need it to be a good game or them to be close. You just need, you know, a little bit to keep it out of a field goal. Because what are we at? Five and a half? That's not as good. I was thinking it was six. Um, Fuck you really gonna bet on the commanders right now like we've been talking about them as this is a team that their defense is atrocious they look like they're quitting nobody wants to play for Rivera anymore I don't know I, I guess we could put it on the maybe pile but I kind of just want to pass it
1: it's got to go on the maybe pile just because we don't have enough bets yet but I totally agree dude I I, I don't want to fucking touch it
0: yeah it, it just feels a little bit like two rotten teams Granted. There are a lot of rotten teams.
1: And apparently, apparently, that stuff about the Redskins giving up, apparently that was bullshit because they seemed to really be playing hard against the Bears. Ron Rivera seemed fired the fuck up after the game. He did. And, and dude, there's still only two and four. In this NFC where everybody's 500, they're a game out of fucking playoff
0: contention. <laughs> it's, that's just disgusting. I know.
1: I know. I know. And, and don't get me wrong. I don't think they're fucking making it. But don't, I mean, they don't know that.
0: Yeah all right well i think that wraps us up on this game put it in the maybe pile yep. let's move on and for the final game of the one o'clock hour we have the new york giants going to play the jacksonville jaguars the jags are minus three
1: why can't i quit the jaguars
0: <laughs> that's exactly what i was about to say
1: hey dude okay i was talking with one of my buddies who's a tried and true new yorker and i you know we were talking about like are the are the giants real he's kind of a meathead. And he was saying, you know, you can't count out their grit and their hustle, their love of the game. And I was like, that's bullshit. That was my first thought. And then my second thought was like, well, not really. Hustle can change a game. Totally. Especially if the other team's not hustling. But... I definitely think that the coaching in New York is keeping games close until the end, right? Like they're doing ball control. They're you know gimmicking up just enough points to stay in the game. And then in the fourth quarter, it just comes down to a bounce here or there, right? They're increasing variance to the nth degree to try to steal a win fine that's totally predictable and stable and it could keep happening the issue then becomes okay what are the giants doing that makes lamar jackson throw a boneheaded interception and then fumble for no fucking reason what are the giants doing that makes aaron Rodgers throw the ball directly into the heads of defensive linemen on two consecutive plays at the goal line to tie or win the game like And I do think there's something to it because the Giants do have Wink Martindale, who is a genius defensive coordinator who brings the heat Wink Martindale is what Greg Williams thinks that Greg Williams is. He brings blitzes in exotic ways extremely frequently, but they actually work and they're intelligently schemed up on the back end instead of Greg, who's just like, I don't fucking know. Have one of the guys run like a punt returner and everybody else just blitz.
0: I like that you gave Greg a Southern accent.
1: I had to do something to show that he's an idiot. Sorry, Southerners. Uh my mom's one of you. That's why I did that. Uh so I, I do think that the Giants are making some of their own luck, but I don't think it's that significant. And the Jaguars just have to stop getting so unlucky at some point.
0: Is it going to be dry? Good question. It's in Jacksonville. Because if it's raining, camping on the Jags.
1: I think we're clear. It's in Jacksonville. That's a great point though.
0: If we're clear, I don't know. I want to bet the Jags, but I don't know if that's a a want to, like purely because I want to see them beat the Giants, because I think that's just. But football is not just. Football is like 70% bullshit. 40. Okay, 40.
1: You said 40 over the weekend. We agreed on 40.
0: Football is 40% bullshit. So, I don't know. I don't think you can... Confidently say, like, definitely Jags, just because the Giants have been doing that where they keep games close and they do have a few playmakers on offense and defense that can hopefully close out a game. You know, Saquon has had some timely runs, uh, Kayvon Tebedeo had that strip fumble, uh, and then he tackled Lamar to make sure Lamar didn't pick it up at the end of the game, which is actually a pretty heady play by him. But they have a couple people that can maybe pull something out for you at the end. And the Jags have just been shooting themselves in the foot a lot at the end of the game. So that doesn't give me confidence where you have one team that's been good in the end of games and one team that's been bad at the end of games.
1: That is that is a good point. To answer your earlier question, it will be 70 degrees and sunny with no wind.
0: Yeah, that's no 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 worries about Trevor fumbling. Well, he might still fumble,
1: but man, I want to bet the Jaguars. They're the better team. They're the better mm-hmm. team.
0: We're laying three,
1: and the yeah. the Giants can't keep fucking doing this.
0: They can't keep getting away with it.
1: They can't. This is
0: bullshit. Right, but that's 40% of football.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? 40%. You know, let's say it's 40%. They've had bullshit two weeks in a row, 40% times 40%. We're looking at roughly 16%.
0: All right. Well, I think the math tells us we got to bet the Jags then.
1: There's a, I mean, there's a 16% chance that they get two bullshits in a row in their favor. The odds of them getting a bullshit a third time in their favor is, again, roughly 6%. 4%? 40% of 16. Yeah, it'd be 6. Yeah, 6. You got a 6% chance of winning this game. Fuck them. We just made the math do what we said. It's not our favorite. That's the
0: danger of math.
1: Well, math, it's the only thing that's actually true and the only thing that never tells the truth.
0: Because math also is telling us that Jacoby Brissett is the 10th best quarterback. Some math. Exactly. Um, I agree with you. The Jags are the better team. The Giants are the better coach team, but it's not a humongous no, don't it's been pretty good. The Jags the Jags are confidently coached. Yeah. It's just that the Giants are well coached.
1: Yeah, our handicap basically comes down to having a an above average quarterback and an above average roster with a good coach is more valuable than having a terrible roster with a bad quarterback and a great coach.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, it's a bet. Oh yeah. Now moving on to the 4 o'clock hour. First up, we have the Houston Texans going to play the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are minus 7.
1: This is tough. I want to bet on the Raiders, but... one of the things about this year that's weird is that we've gotten lots of phony finals, right? Like a lot of bad teams have won a lot of games, see New York, and a lot of pretty decent teams have lost a lot of games, see the Raiders. And it it isn't affecting the lines the same way that it would have in years past. Like five years ago, if Oakland opens the season one and four, they're catching points. Or like, you know, this is like a two point spread, but Vegas has gotten wise. And, and you know, the markets have gotten wise. The people know. Remember when... Pittsburgh was like eleven and zero a few years ago, and they sucked. Yes. Yeah, like that's an example of just like two years ago, people didn't know what to do with teams that win games and suck. So it seems that the market's gotten a lot sharper, and it's tough. But the line seven, I can't, I can't. Oakland's the side, but I can't bet them.
0: Yeah, they haven't been good enough this year to justify laying seven, especially against a Texans team that isn't good, but it's been pretty scrappy. Like they've. They pulled some games out. They've been competitive in every game damn near. Damian Pierce is looking really good for them. The rookies come on. Davis Mills has been kind of the, the same type of thing. He's been solid. Seven's too big of a number. I think you just leave it. Yeah,
1: there's not a lot you can do with it. Sucks, but you don't have to bet every game.
0: All right, well, let's move on. Next up, we have the Kansas City Chiefs going to play the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are plus three. That looks like it's about to move to three and a half.
1: Fuck, we'll get it quick
0: because yeah, I'm I'm gonna bet it right right now.
1: Bet Kansas City minus three <clears throat> to to avoid all doubt. The play is Kansas City. This is this is just a bad line. In fact, the look ahead last week was San Francisco minus 1. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, 8 days ago you could have bet Kansas City money line plus 105 and I did.
0: Holy shit. That's crazy. Yeah, no, it's it's patently absurd. Like it, what what changed? Because the Chiefs lost a close game against the Bills, who everyone thinks is kind of the class of the NFL right now.
1: The 49ers... I don't think you should
0: drop drop the Chiefs at all for that.
1: The 49ers the, laying a touchdown got skull-fucked. Yeah. But no, that's why the line moved four points in the Chiefs' direction.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right One why move. I'm just, like, I don't understand how it's at that point to begin with, I guess.
1: Everybody loves San Francisco. They're super trendy. And they technically have the number one defense in the NFL, statistically speaking. You pay no attention to the fact that they played against the Panthers, who dropped nine balls, eight balls, something like that. And the Broncos, who still have Russell Wilson and Wilf in perpetuity. People love San Francisco. People love Jimmy You want
0: to G. do a second best bet?
1: <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, like, it's not it's, just that it's it's a caliber mismatch, right? Like Kansas City is just a much better team than the 49ers. But yeah. also
0: the 49ers are desperately injured. And it, the 49ers typically have a bit of a coaching advantage in a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Not in this game. And we got
1: a motivation spot because the 49ers are sorry. The Chiefs haven't been very good.
0: Uh, I think motivation spot could go both ways, though, because the 49ers just got their shit pushed in by the Falcons and probably don't want to get embarrassed two weeks in a row. I've
1: got I got a little take. This take is so sharp that it actually just made me cough. It's hurting my throat. It's uncomfortable in there. Got to get it out. So the 49ers did their patented, oh, we've got two games on the East Coast. We're going to stay at the Greenbrier. We're going to stay on the East Coast for two weeks. Historically, it's worked for them. They are, before they got their asses spanked by the daddy that is the Falcons, they were 4-0 on the second leg of their east coast trips and that includes four no against the spread but even when it worked their little uh, sleepover camp on the east coast when they would return back to san francisco the hell that is san francisco oh and four against the spread
0: are we bucking trends though no because going... they just lost on these
1: guys no it's not bucking a trend because theoretically to the to the extent that this works right. The idea is instead of traveling back and forth coast to coast, which sucks. Like as a as a man who's flown coast to coast as much as anybody ever should in their life.
0: It, it, It's probably
1: a little overblown, but it does suck a bag of dicks. I I don't like it. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty tolerant of putting up with shit, but it's not fun. I'm doing it Thursday night. I'm watching the fucking Thursday night football game in the sky. It's going to suck. That being said, it's kind of like the hair of the dog. All the pain that you push off by staying on the East Coast for the first, you know, for 14 straight days, basically, you got to pay for it when you fly back. Because not only are you flying back, you haven't been home Anytime that you stay anywhere for two weeks, you just don't quite feel right. You know, you haven't had your home cooking. You haven't been in your own bed. You haven't seen your kids, whatever. Your kids, your bottom bitch, your wife, your girlfriend, your third girlfriend, who fucking knows? Who fucking cares? Boyfriend. Boyfriend. Yeah, it's a brave new world. Carl Nassib's not on either of these teams, but it is a brave new world. Regardless of your lifestyle, everybody has a routine that they like at their home to some extent. That doesn't change just because the 49ers lost to the Falcons. Additionally, Kansas City can't be happy with either of its last two performances because if it wasn't for the refs dragging their corpses to the finish line, Kansas City should have lost that fucking game against the Raiders and they they cannot be proud of how they played against Buffalo at least Patrick Mahomes can't be because he was not good he wasn't bad but he was not good I think it's a get right game I think there's a fire under their ass and then finally just throw all the psychological bullshit out the door we've got an elite caliber team versus an okay
0: team yep like just getting down into the rosters And just what these teams have shown
1: who the fuck is playing offensive line for the 49ers because McGlinchey's banged up and he's the only starting offensive lineman that they're currently starting. They're on their third string left tackle. They're on their third guard and their second guard. And they got that fucking Jake Brendel kid who does not seem to be panning out at center. And by kid, I mean, he's 30. Did you know he's 30? It's his first year starting and he's 30. That's not good.
0: It's an inspiration.
1: It's a it's anomalous which is a polite way of saying anti-miracle. Anyhow, yeah, this game, like the 49ers only prayer on offense is and has always been, can Debo Samuel take this improperly thrown ball to the house because he breaks three tackles? Elgerius Sneed is actually probably the best tackling corner in the NFL for my money. A converted safety in college. He's a big, strong dude. He tackles really well. So I kind of like the matchup. I kind of like the spot, and I love the fact that I get the infinitely better quarterback, the marginally better coach, and the much better roster.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, we're only laying three. Should be a nice day in California.
1: Well, it's Northern California, so it's not as nice, but...
0: Football nice.
1: My guess is that this game in Santa Clara will be 62 degrees and cloudy, but not rainy. That's all Maybe you need. 66 degrees and cloudy, but not rainy. Do I know California or what? I'm an Angelino. Fuck with me.
0: <laughs> All right, so we're we're making a bet, maybe a best bet, a second best bet.
1: Okay, so it's definitely a bet. Do you want to do it again?
0: I mean, I feel like if, if yeah, we, we do didn't it again. have yeah, like if we didn't have Atlanta this week and we saw this, we'd be doing this as a best bet.
1: yeah, we, we would. This is a double best bet week. These two bets are honestly fucking incredible. I. It's weird because usually the market gets a lot sharper as the season goes. And we were just talking about how the market is not getting fooled by some of these fraudulent teams, but in the cases of Cincinnati and San Francisco – you know what it is? Those are just teams that Twitter has always loved. I think maybe Twitter is the betting market now.
0: Social media is taking over.
1: Dude, it kind of, I mean, dude, it, it ESPN is currently really high on both of the New York teams and the Vikings, and Twitter is not. And the betting market is following Twitter, not ESPN.
0: Yeah, people don't watch TV anymore.
1: I, I'm saying I think the fucking betting market just likes what Twitter likes. I think that the edge is to know when Twitter is wrong, and Twitter is wrong on San Francisco and Cincinnati.
0: Okay, there could be something to that. I mean, I guess it would make sense to a certain extent, as Twitter is the mind of the general public more so e- than ESPN, and the general public is who pushes the betting market.
1: I think we, I think we stumbled across something.
0: We Which just also, track Twitter trends.
1: I mean, we already fucking do. We're on Twitter way too goddamn much.
0: Uh, don't, don't, don't make me think
1: yeah, Don't check your screen time.
0: Yeah, absolutely not. the <laughs> The only reason to do that is like I want to be upset with myself today.
1: Dude, my screen time when I'm in New York is literally twice what it is when I'm in LA. I'm not joking at all. It goes from eight down to four.
0: You're a brave man saying the numbers.
1: Yeah, it's not good. It's a full time yeah, job being like on my phone. Wonder. All right, to the next game.
0: Let's move on. And for the last game of the four o'clock hour, we have the Seattle Seahawks going to play the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are minus six and a half.
1: You definitely skipped a game, but we'll come back around. We'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll circle back, as they say. Um, I I like Seattle. Do you like Seattle?
0: I like Seattle more than the Chargers. I don't know if I want to bet it. Definitely though. It it's is it it's at seven. You said six and a half
1: fuck it's moved a full point it was at seven and a half when i woke up and bet it this morning
0: yeah see if it was seven and a half i'd I'd be more gung-ho about it
1: yeah i i thought it was going to be best bet material when i looked at it on sunday night fuck (sighs) dude still i you can't lay this many points with the fucking chargers no this is a bet like this has to be a bet there's just not that many good games so
0: probably just because the seahawks i mean they're their offense is getting kind of versatile as well. Kenneth Walker has been blowing up the last couple of weeks.
1: Well, it turns out the best running back in the nation last year, pretty decent. Yeah.
0: And then Gino kind of keeps doing Gino things. He's, he's been solid. He's completing passes. He's keeping the offense humming. Like they're not a, uh, a juggernaut. that's going to score a bunch of touchdowns, but they should move and they'll score points. And the chargers just don't make sense to me right now they're a little bit of like the browns defense and uh, who else were we talking about? The talent just doesn't. It's
1: it's it's the Panthers' offense with the Browns' defense.
0: Yeah, the talent just doesn't live up to what it should. It's um,
1: it's really bad. And by the way, J.C. Jackson got fucking benched.
0: Yeah, he's been terrible, like legitimately terrible.
1: He's the second worst corner in the entire NFL, according to PFF. And for once, I don't necessarily disagree. He busted <laughs> last night against Denver. The only reason that that game went to overtime. He busted the same coverage two times in a row, giving up a touchdown to Jerry Judy. And then he did it again. He gave up like at least a touchdown and a half due to busting the same fucking coverage in cover three thrice. And then yeah, uh, their,
0: their their defense is just as bad. Nah, maybe not just as bad, but damn near as bad as it was last year, despite a bunch of big additions. Yeah. And the offense is still just doesn't make any sense.
1: You got a I don't think arm. any of
0: that's going to change until Staley's gone.
1: No, it, it, it's exactly right. And I think that Staley loses his job this year. I'm almost certain of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, unless they, they really turn it around, I think that's definitely going to happen. How much money they spent this offseason after having a good year last year, and they're 4-2, and two, but they should have more. <laughs> I was say, and those wins haven't felt great. <laughs> isn't it fucking disgusting that they're tied with
1: the Chiefs for the lead in the division?
0: It is, but when we're sitting at six and a half, though, I think you're right. You just can't take that big of a number on the Chargers right now. And the Seahawks keep playing. Pretty solid football, you know. The defense isn't good, but
1: see, the defense isn't great. But the Chargers offense, like, defense doesn't matter for this Chargers offense. The Chargers offense is can we complete like high percentage success rate, low percentage actual success plays repeatedly? They want to do things that don't really help them win. So many god, this is a good analogy. The Chargers attempt to accumulate points the same way that whales accumulate calories instead of being gigantic and leveraging that to eat food things that are large and caloric whales just feed on tons of tiny fucking plankton all the time and as long as they gather ridiculous amounts of plankton they they are nourished instead of unleashing the gigantic arm of their quarterback and leveraging the possession skills of their big bodied receivers the chargers insist upon getting their yardage by trying to accumulate a massive number a massive quantity of tiny little plays that don't really help does that make sense
0: yes it it was a bit of a journey but I I think I understood it. just
1: like rather than actually doing something good or productive they do a bunch of tiny little piecemeal things hoping to get the same result in the in the sum. Yeah much like Whales and Plankton. I fucking hate it. I fucking hate it. I hate Brandon Staley. I hate his defense. Uh, last night on third and three in the third quarter, I saw him drop his corners, 15 yards into cushion, knowing goddamn well that all Denver does is throw flats. And at that point I legitimately put my pen down and I looked at the TV screen and I said, why did I bet on the chargers? I got him minus two. I felt like a genius for it. Turns out I barely, I barely won because I got him at minus two, but oh my fucking God, I hate that coaching staff so
0: much. It's just so wildly conservative. It really is. Yeah, it, so I, I I think we just keep coming out to it. Like, we're just, we're going to make the bet. We're going to make the bet. And,
1: and we like what Geno Smith has done. In an episode of, PFF's kind of onto something. Geno Smith's the second rated quarterback, according to PFF this year. Two might be a little high, but he's up there. He's legitimately yeah. been good.
0: Yeah, he's completing passes. He's being smart. And he's giving the playmakers opportunities to make plays.
1: And you know what? What Geno Smith struggles with is tight coverage and pass rush. The Chargers do neither of these things.
0: It's a bet. It's
1: a bet. Just, just, just a. Bet. I don't love it, but it's one of the top five so far. All right, that's going to bring us to our the actual final four o'clock game, which is Jets in Denver.
0: The Broncos are minus one and a half. Yeah, I think I, I just blanked past that one. My eyes did not allow me to process it because they're like, you, you don't want to watch this game. You don't want to think about this game.
1: Yeah, this this game is disgusting. The Jets are kind of getting some hype lately because they are also winning and from New York-ish, kind of, New Jersey. By the way, I went to the Meadowlands. It's like a fucking different country. It's in the middle of nowhere. There's just there's a train. You get in on the train at Penn Station, and it just it goes in a direction nobody fucking knows, and it just pops up out of nowhere in the middle of a field. And there's some train tracks and no town in sight. And then they're like, okay, it's the last stop. There's the football field. And you're like, oh, sweet. Next to the football field is nothing. And on the other side of the football field, still nothing. How did they find this much empty space in proximity to New York? I don't know. Uh, Apparently, it's where they used to bury bodies.
0: Ah, that'll do it. Yeah, it's mobby. It's mobby. They leave that land untouched.
1: I was going to try to make a joke about like, you know, Indian burial ground, but with Italians, but I'm not going to do it. It's morbid.
0: Yeah, we're we'll trying to keep the light on this podcast. Keep it fun. No negativity, right?
1: Well, unless it's Joe Burrow.
0: Unless it's Joe Burrow. We we have special exceptions for certain people.
1: Joe A is greater than Joe B, parentheses, Uro. All right. Um, I have one take on this game and it, it leads to a derivative bet, a little prop. Denver makes quarterbacks look bad because their defense is, is significantly overrated personnel-wise. I think Brad Chubb is not good. And, and Patrick Sertain's being talked about as like an all-time elite corner. And I don't really see it. But what they do is that they, they do something called a sim pressure. Uh, basically, so in a traditional defense, you have your four defensive linemen, and they all try to go sack the quarterback. And then your linebackers like either do zones or man coverage, right? And if they blitz, you've got five rushers. Well, a sim pressure is when you drop one of your defensive linemen into coverage and you send somebody who would otherwise be a blitzer. So it's a simulated pressure because it's not really a blitz. You've only got four people rushing the quarterback, but it looks kind of like a blitz because you've got somebody blitzing that normally wouldn't. Make sense?
0: Yep. I'm following you.
1: The Broncos do sim pressures more than fucking anybody and it confuses people. And when you've they run a 3 4, so they get more linebackers on the field. Baron Browning is amazing proof of my longstanding thesis that you should just turn athletic, but let's say uh, not the brightest linebackers into edge rushers. Like Baron Browning gets lost in space. Baron Browning can't really cover that well. Freak edge rusher, just because he's so quick. Micah Parsons sparked this theory last year before his first start against San Diego, and you doubted me. And then I was right. It was great, and now I have extrapolated this to Devin White and Devin Bush and Baron Browning. And Baron Browning has gone on to prove me right as well. This trend will catch, just like my convert all box safeties to linebacker trend has caught.
0: Um, it's all about speed.
1: It's just just speed and coverage. Just be fast. Because of these sim pressures, it confuses quarterbacks, and it's why you see quarterbacks have quarterbacks have really bad performances against Denver, just like quarterbacks all have really good performances against Minnesota. When you play Minnesota, they make everything super clean. It's not just that their personnel is bad. It's that they run a vanilla defense so you can see what's coming and you have time to execute whatever play will beat what's coming, and they're not good enough to transcend and make up for it. On the other hand, Denver is a decent defense as far as personnel goes but because of all the funky shit they do it freaks quarterbacks out they fuck up zach wilson is ripe for fucking up because he hasn't been great since returning to the jets but we know that he can be a lot worse you if you have if if you have any interest in making money betting on football dude you gotta bet zach wilson over 0.5 interceptions this week He's gonna throw yes, a pick.
0: Yes, he will get super confused.
1: I think it's like even odds too.
0: A rare prop bet.
1: Yeah, we don't do these too often, but like that's just a slam dunk. So I mean, that doesn't go to our five. Like that's not gonna be on the fucking pod picks. But like, no, know, know that you should bet that. In fact, I'll I'll even I'll play the cha ching. This is going to be – this is basically going to be how we can tell who's actually listening and who just listens to the last five minutes for the recap at the end.
0: So another true fans, the ones that I write personal letters to. All all five of them.
1: All right. Do you have any other take on this game? Like I'm not laying three with Russell Wilson.
0: No, I I don't want to bet on this game whatsoever. I'm it, it's it's actually only one and a half. What? Uh, it's one and a half. It's moved
1: up. It's so it's basically moved two points since last night's game ended.
0: Fuck. I mean, I honestly I think Denver is the right side here. They are. I just don't want to bet on this fucking game, man. Me neither. And we actually already have five picks, so like, fuck it. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. Denver's the right side at D- one Denver and a half.
1: Is, you know what? You know what? Robert Sala runs or Robert Saleh. Robert Saleh runs a cover three defense, very similar to the Legion of Boom scheme. Russell Wilson should be particularly familiar with it from his days in Seattle. He also played against this defense twice a year when Saleh was the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. He should be comfortable. He should know what he wants to do. Granted, he's been so fucking bad and so fucking bad at processing that it shouldn't matter, but there's an angle. It's a better team. It's the fishy line. Yeah, Denver is the side, but we're not picking it.
0: Yes, I, I think that's a good spot to leave. All right. And mercifully, we can move on to Sunday night. On Sunday night football, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers going to play the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are minus seven.
1: I'm kind of bummed because I really wanted to fade the Dolphins when Tua came back, and then they have to go ahead and play Pittsburgh off of a win, no
0: less. Can't do it.
1: Yeah, no, there's nothing to say about this game. It's going to suck. Honestly, I might not watch it. I'll be in L.A. It'll be 5 p.m. I might just go out to dinner.
0: Yeah, I'm, I don't really want to watch this game either. I, mean, I this really, is a game that I, I can see highlights from and follow along on Twitter in case anything happens. And I'll watch hockey and hopefully baseball's on.
1: One of two things is going to happen in this game. Either Tua is going to look fucking abysmal and then Dolphins fans are going to cry that the concussions ruined him and it's not his fault. Or he will look anything better than fucking terrible and they will spin it into he was amazing, he's elite. And I just can't handle it
0: it's too taxing
1: it's i fucking hate them so much like they're the worst fan base in in sports
0: you know we're gonna have to have you rank these fan bases at one point because you you claim the browns fan base is the worst in sports quite often as well
1: Well, so the browns fan base is terrible people (laughs) the dolphins fan base is completely out of touch with reality talk about being anomalous like I, they, the Dolphins fan base, very, re, like I very legitimately believe that they are experiencing mass euphoric breaks from reality, <laughs> all at the same time. Like they got their, some people get their periods synced up. Dolphins fans got their manic breakdowns synced up for the last year and a half, and it <laughs> doesn't stop. I saw today a guy fucking Photoshop Tua onto Luke Skywalker's face on Return of the Jedi, and. And he thinks that, like, and he made some comment about, like, the king is back. And it's like, first of all, you're mixing Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. How dare you? (laughs) Second of all, what the fuck are you, what do you look at? Like, you watch football every week, and apparently your life is consumed by this shitty fucking team that I didn't know anybody cared about. Wow. How do you not see what happens when the football games are played? It's so frustrating. Dolphins fans, I'm... 30. Dolphins fans, 32. People who are still Browns fans, 31. Bengals fans, 30.
0: I was going to ask. I know the Bengals are in that ranking. Right Patriots too.
1: fans, 29. Bears fans, 28. I'm trying to debate if my like outside of football interests make San Francisco lower. Because I just hate them for being generally Bay Area people. <laughs> but only as football only as it pertains to football they're not so bad and then really after that everybody is like fine bills fans are cool they're cocky but they earned it
0: yeah i agree for the most part
1: chiefs fans are cool they got nothing going on i'm used to packers fans they new don't york bother fans me. Are annoying new york fans are okay they're not that bad They're not not nearly Boston fans. Oh, how about this one? LA fans, because they don't exist.
0: I was about to say, I don't think they count on your list. I think you should only have 32 or 30 spots because the Chargers and Rams don't have fans in their city.
1: Well, I think that the ranking of fans was a much more interesting and helpful thing to talk about than Miami versus Pittsburgh. So let's move to Monday night.
0: Absolutely. And moving on to Monday night, we have the Chicago Bears going to play the New England Patriots. Patriots are minus nine.
1: The NFL is an abusive relationship. They know that they can just treat us however the fuck they feel like it. And we'll always keep on crawling back asking for forgiveness. We should have never made the
0: fuck kind of game is this?
1: We should have never made the NFL hit us. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's my
0: fault. I shouldn't have said that when he got home from work. The
1: mere fact that this game has to be played is a travesty in and of itself. But the fact that it's Monday night, who the fuck did this? Who thought for a second there is not a single angle in the world in which somebody could have convinced themselves like oh you know it would be cool yeah. okay the best angle you could think of is like mac jones and justin fields were high first round picks last year but not really and they didn't play each other in college so it's not like there's some like well they did they played each other in the national championship but nobody watched it because it was a blowout
0: like everyone knew how that game was gonna go
1: yeah like justin fields mac jones there's no real rivalry There, it's nothing. This is dumb, and Mac Jones isn't even fucking playing, and Justin Fields won't be very soon. So this game sucks. It's dumb. Is it seven and a half still?
0: Nine.
1: What the fuck? Well, I guess Mac Jones is back. God damn it. I mean,
0: at at Uh, nine, I think then Bears are the right side. Bears are the
1: right side. But do
0: not bet the fucking Bears (laughs) in this game, because. The, the Patriots could do the same thing: run, get, uh, control some clock, and then Justin Fields does the Justin Fields thing and throws <laughs> three picks, and the Patriots win twenty-nine to seven. Okay, like I just think that's too plausible of a situation to actually no, it bet is. on the Bears.
1: It absolutely, is we can't bet on the Bears. We've already got five and, picks. I don't like this better mm-hmm. than the others.
0: Yeah, and what do we? What do we trying to stick to? No bad quarterbacks, especially no bad quarterbacks with bad coaches. And the Bears are one of the worst quarterbacks and a bad coach. You make
1: a compelling point. No, Even
0: the... at nine points.
1: Even at nine points. The Bears are untouchable. Yeah, I hate to say it. I, I want to bet against the Patriots so badly every week. But hey, remember when I was afraid that the Patriots' value would all go to shit because people would realize how bad they were too quickly? The Lions sure took care of that problem for me.
0: Right. And the Browns.
1: And the Browns. God, I can't fucking wait for Deshaun Watson to come back and them to still suck because the problem is on the sidelines.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But then it won't get better because they're going to expect them to be like immediate Super Bowl contenders, even after they hire a new coach and they have their five seasons of Deshaun Watson's $50 million contract.
1: I like that everybody's starting to pay for their sins. The next five um, years are going to be so. glorious. <laughs> between between denver and cleveland and and tampa bay just getting tampa bay is gonna have to roll out kyle trask and nobody else because their cap will be fucked
0: that'll be funny yeah the orange teams they're they have some bleak futures
1: cincinnati's about to give all the money to burrow Oh. oh
0: and then mike brown will literally have to sell their team because he won't be able to pay the money to joe burrow
1: it's all coming together
0: all right speaking of coming together Let's do a
1: recap. Uh, it, this, this game is pretty simple, or this week is pretty simple. We've got five picks. We'll see if I can convince you to do a bonus pick. We've also got the one hidden prop pick that we will not name here, but if you listen to the pod, you know it, because I made a big deal of it and even played the cha-ching. right, so let's do the recap.
0: Can you tell them where the... What were you asking? Should you tell them where the prop bet is?
1: No, we're not telling them where the prop bet is. They can go find it. Listen to the fucking podcast. <laughs>
0: You have to suffer through all 3 hours of this shit if you want to get this one prop bet.
1: When I edit this down, it'll be an hour, especially after I take out the Joe Burrow rant.
0: <laughs> Please don't take out the Joe Burrow rant. I'll keep it in. The amount of things that I've asked you to take out. <laughs> yeah, not that often.
1: They don't even know your fucking They don't know your name
0: except for the times you try and fucking <laughs> tell
1: them. <laughs> okay 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 our five picks are new orleans new orleans money line thursday night football fuck you step on me new orleans money line best bet atlanta plus six jacksonville minus three wait yeah another best bet kansas city minus three and seattle Plus seven, six and a half, six and a half, six and a half. Do we do a bonus bet of Atlanta money line at like plus 230.
0: So we have three units on Atlanta.
1: No, no, we do half units for the bonus bet. It would be two and a half units.
0: Two and a half units, right? I, I want to say yes. Like I, I'm, I'm stopping yes. myself from saying yes. Didn't say yes, be, because I'm just trying to work through it one more time because I know it's a thing that I want to be true. I think we should do it as a bonus bet. I think we should do it.
1: I mean, we're riding
0: with our guys.
1: It's fucking like what? It's check real quick. It's like plus two twenty.
0: It is two fifteen. There you plus
1: go. Uh, yeah, plus 215. Atlanta money line bonus bet. And again, go and find that prop. It's probably plus money. It's at least close to even money. And it's a sure goddamn thing. We'll give them a hint. It's in the late slate and it's a game that nobody wants to watch.
0: Might as well just tell them the fucking game at that point. But they still got to search. Never mind.
1: I was gonna say the last name of the quarterback, but that would completely give it away because the it's the same.
0: <laughs> All right. It's it's the Jets Broncos game. Yep.
1: It, it, honestly, if they've made it through all of this, fuck it, dude. Our our prop is Zach Wilson to throw a pick. He'll throw it's over 0. 0.5 pick.
0: I like all the charades we just did.
1: If they if they waded through the charades and got this fucking far, they either can't find their phone to skip ahead or they just, they actually care.
0: They're real fans and you should DM me on Twitter and I will write you a personal letter. I'll mail it to you.
1: Then they're going to know your name and address.
0: No, I won't put a return address on it.
1: You could also use my, uh, my new address in my new apartment.
0: I'll set up a P.O. box purely for the burner Twitter.
1: We've set up a fucking burner everything else. All right. With that said, I want to do the tail or fail because if we win this week, then we're back to having primarily winning weeks, and then I can feel proud of myself again. Yeah, tail or fail. All we ask is, is you please bet on football games because we're getting above five hundred with winning weeks this week, motherfucker. boom <laughs>